This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for being with us this morning. The evacuation order still in place for Williams Lake, other areas as well, still under either evacuation alerts or orders. At last count, the number was at about 25,000 people who are under either an evacuation alert or order in B.C. right now. As expected, the winds did pick up yesterday in the interior, and that caused to some spreading in the wildfire situation. We will keep you up to date as to what is happening, where the most problematic fires are burning and what's happening at the evacuation centers. But just for a few moments now, we want to talk about the economic impact of a forest fire season that's already in full swing. And here we are only at July 16th. And joining us to talk a bit more about this is Harry Nelson. He is an associate professor of forestry at UBC. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this, whether it is uh, mills that have to slow down or stop production, uh, employees that have to leave the area, therefore can't uh, uh, can't get to work, can't uh, get to where their, their jobs are. Uh, are we able to, even at this early point on in the forest fire season, get an idea as far as the economic impact? Probably it's a little bit early, Jill. Um, I think that you know, if we were looking at this kind of on a weekly or a monthly basis, we could probably start to see kind of what the impact is having in terms of production for those facilities. Um, you could probably start to see kind of at the town level, you know, for the local businesses, how they're being impacted because, you know, they either had to close or people left town so there's no sales. But, you know, when we step back kind of at the bigger scale and kind of, you know, at the end of the year, it'd be hard to tell at this point. And and when we talk about mills or such that have had to slow down production, uh, how much of that, is that a a direct loss to the mills or are these companies that are then able to to take the losses at one place and ramp up somewhere else to make up for it? Well, you know, you put your finger on it. There's there's sort of two types of mills we can think about. Um, The ones that we sort of hear about are the bigger ones. Um, The major companies, two of which are in Williams Lake and down in Hundred Mile House, and they do have facilities elsewhere. So there's a good chance that they can make up for that production elsewhere. It's the smaller mills. It just may be the local family-owned mill. And those are the ones that, um, you know, they just have the one mill. Maybe they can make it up later in the year. Um, but it's a little bit harder for them sometimes to get caught up, especially the longer, you know, basically um, they've had to shut down. And when we look back at the history of forest fires in BC as well, I think 2003 was the last time we had anything like what we're dealing with right now. Uh, we did see uh, in in one case, was it Barrier? It was one of the communities where uh, the mill was wiped out and it, it had a lasting impact and that, that was the heartbeat of the town and it wasn't rebuilt. Yeah, no, that's, and that would be, and again, that's an excellent point. That would be, you know, I wouldn't worry so much about this sort of, Essentially, this kind of interruption, you know, as people shut down and kind of wait to kind of deal with the fire. As long as it doesn't sort of hit, people don't lose things, we don't lose mills, you know, you can pick up and start again, right? Um, but, you know, given that in the interior, we already know that we're kind of being challenged by timber supply, you know, if the mill burns down, the question of whether or not it gets rebuilt, you know, especially when it's a smaller family-owned mill sometimes, is um, it's a challenge. So that can be the much longer lasting impact, you know, 
like the mill up near Barrier and Louis Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, $1.3 billion uh, is the number, I think, that was put put out uh, by the Ministry of Forests uh, in this province. That was uh, what it cost uh, the province, uh, the impact in 2003. Uh, is yeah. that number surprising at all? No, but I think the interesting thing about that one is, I remember what really drove that number was that was, you know, the fires around Kelowna. And that's the cost when you're trying to protect people and, um, you know, um, you know, they basically try and protect people in communities. You know, we've lost more timber in other years, um, had more fire burn, but what really drives the cost is when we see it in these places where people live. You know, and in the past, we've been kind of fortunate some of our big fire years have been further north. Three years ago was a big fire year, but it was all north in the northern interior, and now we're seeing it happen kind of once again where people are living. And and that is, I suppose, so, and again, we were talking with the mayor of Williams Lake this morning, and he said, thankfully, overnight, even after the fire there, jumped the Fraser River. Uh, he doesn't think there's there's been any damage. Uh, there has been some in the in the very rural parts, in the outskirts of town, some outbuildings and such, but it's not as though uh, a lot of homes have been lost. And that seems to be the story, uh, with the exception of Boston Flats. It seems to be the story so far, even with all of these fires burning close to communities, uh, crews have been able to keep them uh, at bay and keep them from causing that widespread damage. No, and that's what, really, that's what my fingers are crossed for, that we don't lose any lives or that um, people's, you know, homes are still there so they can go back. You know, when we take a look at other places, Australia, where they've had horrific fires, that seems to be where, really, where some of the long-term costs are. I mean, kind of, you know, economics of things, you know, we're good about basically picking up, rearranging ourselves and kind of, kind of moving forward. Much harder when you start to lose homes and for a community to start rebuilding itself. And I, I remember, too, uh, talking to the people of Barrier a couple of years after that fire, and amazing, or I, I suppose inspiring, that they were able to rebuild because it did look so bleak once mm-hmm. the, that mill was gone. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that, um, you know, I remember <laughs> I go through there on a regular basis, and um, it is impressive, especially when um, you see kind of, you can still see the effects of the fire, um, I, I do know that the, the smaller kind of adjacent community was really hit hard there. And, um, but, you know, this is part of the nature of the ebb and flow of, um, you know, econ- I guess the way, um, you know, it works was we kind of accommodate changes in resource availability and, uh, so when we see things uh, like the the Toko Industries uh, saying on the Facebook page uh, that the operations that it has uh, in the Williams Lake area saying that they're not going to open or that they're going to be meeting daily to determine uh, what's going to happen in the short-term future, uh, how concerned should we be about that? I wouldn't be concerned at this point. Um, at this point, I think they're just simply waiting to see when it's safe to be able to go back to work and resume operations. I think at this point, this is just a, the reality of um, hard to run a business with... Um, as you pointed out earlier in the conversation, when, you know, probably maybe three-quarters of your employees are all down in Kamloops or somewhere else. Uh, right, because we, we think of that. We, we were so focused, I think, sometimes on, on physically if a structure is lost, but forget that even if it's still there, if you don't have the people uh, to yeah. run it, and that goes from everything from a mill to a coffee shop, if the people aren't yeah. there, uh, A, to run it, and the people also aren't there to, to give it to their business, it's not going to go ahead. Yeah. So again, I think going back to one of your original questions is I think that, um, you know, again, in the short term, you know, people will be looking at what this impact is. Hopefully by the end of the summer, 
by the end of the season, fingers crossed, the fires get under control, you know, this will have just been a blip. Um, we won't even be able to see it. Um, but that's the wild card when it comes to wildfires. Indeed. Uh, Harry Nelson, thank you so much for joining us this morning, for talking about this. I appreciate your time today. Thank you for the opportunity, Jill. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is uh, Harry Nelson. He is an assistant professor of forestry at UBC, uh, talking about some of the potential uh, economic impacts of the wildfire situation in BC. We will keep you up to date on what is happening throughout the province, uh, around the province of British Columbia when it comes to the wildfires. The city of Williams Lake still under an evacuation order. This after what was described as the worst case scenario took place yesterday. The forest fire burned burning near that city, jumping over the Fraser River and threatening that city, also cutting off one of the main access routes to the city. At one point, according to the mayor, uh, there was a traffic line that stretched about 200 kilometers heading out of town. But the big... uh, Advice for everybody was to be patient, to to be safe, and it appears everybody got out of the town. They'll be assessing exactly what's happening in Williams Lake. Uh, Walt Cobb, the mayor, also said uh, that it's much calmer there today. The winds have died down, and it doesn't appear that there has been any damage in the city of Williams Lake. Not the same story for some of the outlying areas, some of the more rural properties where there has been damage, but at this point, uh, it's still being assessed and still uh, seeing exactly what is happening in that city. Many people, thousands of people have gone to various areas, be it Prince George or to Kamloops. So we're hearing that the evacuation centers in Kamloops are filling up, if not full, already. Uh, If you do need information, you can go to the Emergency BC website, and that lists up-to-date information on what is happening and where the various centers are. Uh, If you are somebody that is driving in the province today, if you are heading out, perhaps in that part of the interior, you can also go to Drive BC, and you can check out the road closures. You can check out exactly what you need to know if you're in that area. And we will be checking in a bit later on this morning with uh, the evacuation centers. We'll also uh, check in with uh, one of the reporters with Global Okanagan to find out uh, what is happening. Uh, She was stationed in Princeton at uh, last time we checked in with her. So we'll find out uh, what is happening there. And we're going to talk to a resident of Vancouver who grew up in 103 Mile House, went back when uh, he heard about the fires in that area and wanted to help the family. And we'll find out what's happening with that as well. So stick with us. Much, much more coming up right here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.